You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is time to make good decisions and win some money here on the Football Cheat Sheet. This is episode 21, brought to you by the fine folk at the SB Nation NFL Show. I am your host, Michael Kist, and today we're going to dig into the gambling side of the Super Bowl with thoughts on the spread, over-under, prop bets, and more. But before we get involved with that, our own Rob Stats Guerrera had a great chat with Mike Greenberg of Get Up on SBN, so we're going to go to that interview first. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review in Apple Podcasts. If you're loving the robust lineup of Super Bowl coverage we brought your way this week, we are only three five-star ratings away from 100. So if you could help us hit that landmark before the conclusion of the 2020 NFL season, which was our first season doing this, we'd really appreciate the love. And of course, we love you regardless. And as a special thank you for that support, and also just a real testament to the crazy lineup of guests that we've had this week on Saturday, tomorrow, we are going to throw up a special Digital Row episode. If you remember, we kicked off our Super Bowl coverage with a buffet of great guests last Friday. We're going to do the same thing to end it on Saturday. You'll hear from people like Joe Theismann, Carson Palmer, Kirk Cousins, Derek Henry, and so on. So keep an eye out for that and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it. All right, enough of that. Let's get to the content. Here is our own Rob Stats Guerrera chatting with Mike Greenberg. This is the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, and I am pleased and privileged to be able to bring you someone that I had the absolute pleasure of working with for years when I was at ESPN Radio. You know him from everything ESPN. He needs no introduction. Mike Greenberg. What is up, Greeny? Hello, Stats. It's been a long time. It is nice to catch up, and thank you for having me on the show. Did you ever think you would get to a point in your life where you would need no introduction? Well, I mean, I think it's quite debatable whether I need an introduction or not. I think that in, in, in the right context, perhaps not. Like amongst a very, very small selection of people, I suppose I don't require much of an introduction. And I hope that this audience um, constitutes that. Generally speaking, when I, I wish that was the case when I walked into restaurants, it would be lovely <laughs> if they said, oh, this guy needs no introduction whatsoever, nor do you need a reservation. Um, so I don't know that that counts everywhere I go, but I'll take it wherever I can get it. I have a ton of football questions for you, but I have to say this just because I worked with you, like I said, for years, and it's one thing to see you work from the producer position where I was, but now that I've gotten a chance to host shows routinely to look back at you and, and what you did and how easy you made everything look is incredible. I have such a new appreciation for how freaking talented you are. Oh, well, that's nice of you to say thank you very much. I will say um, that having had a, any number of producers come along since you were, uh, worked on our show, I've my, my general thought of you has decreased. Um, I've had uh, any number of people. That's, that's obviously meant to be a joke, and I hope it came <laughs> off that way. But can I tell my favorite stats story? My favorite story about stats ever, and I still tell this to this day, the day that Michael Jackson died, 
Oh, God. Um, the entire <laughs> world basically stops. He, he was, you know, one of the five most famous people probably that ever lived. And all anyone has been talking about for hours and hours and hours is the death of Michael Jackson. And everyone is sending back and forth notes and corresponding and calling and people are crying and multiple hours. I'm talking about like eight o'clock at night to our little show group chat. We get a text from Stads that says, I think Michael Jackson may have died. <laughs> <laughs> Which, <laughs> that was accurate. Which was he wasn't inaccurate, but it was no nonetheless stunning. Uh, and as I recall, you had had you taken a nap or had you just been playing video games for like eight consecutive hours and missed all of that? No, that particular day I had taken a nap. When I went to bed, Michael Jackson was alive and, I woke <laughs> up and he was dead. You were also the first person I knew. You were ahead of the trend, at least for me. Uh, as being a gamer, which is to say, when you worked uh, with us, I remember you saying that you would spend three, four hours at a time playing video games. And I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. And I now have an 18 year old son, which four hours would be a light day for him between Madden and Fortnite. You probably were not ahead of the curve in this. But in my life, as a then 40 year old man, you were definitively ahead of the curve. First of all, I'm stunned that your son is now 18 years old. That is blowing my mind. But yeah. see, what I needed to figure out was how I could get paid for those hours. See, that's where I fell short. Well, I will tell you that I have introduced my son to many of the most famous athletes in the world, and he has routinely been thrilled by that. But the most excited he ever was by far was the day that I filmed something with Ninja and he came along and he Stevie was more excited about meeting Ninja and his friends were more impressed by Ninja than than Steph Curry. I mean, what? just to, to, num to name an immediate one. These guys love that. This was at a time when Ninja, this was like three years ago. So Ninja was at his absolute apex. I think he was like the only guy doing what he was doing. And he is, you would know better than I. He has since moved from one stream to another and is doing different things. I don't even know what it is. But whatever it was, my son was more excited to meet Ninja than he was to meet any athlete that I've ever introduced him to. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah, I I'm, don't go that far like watching other people play, but if I could have gotten paid for those hours, that, that would have been pretty good. All right, let me get to some NFL questions here. And I want to start with the Jets because you are now, Greeny, the voice of Jets fandom. And I want to tell you personally, as someone that follows the Niners, I think your Jets have just hired the best coach they've ever had. Well, I'm very encouraged, and I'm I'm delighted to hear you say that. And I've had more people tell me that, or some facsimile of that, that even I'm starting to believe it. I, I am generally disinclined to think the Jets will ever get anything right. And coming <laughs> off of Adam Gase, which had to be the worst hiring ever. I mean that that really might go down in the history of employment. So how long have we had employment in this country? Like how long have people been paid to do stuff? Like, like since our nation's inception, roughly. So over the 200 and call it 50 years that we have had a country, I don't think there's ever been a worse hiring than the Jets hiring Adam Gase. So we had nowhere to go but up from there. But from the moment they hired Salah, everyone has lost their minds. I mean, from Richard Sherman to fans everywhere, 
to who did I just interview talking about this the other day? Uh, I just had one of the 49ers on my show, and now I can't remember who it was, but it'll come to me. Uh, every single one of them has just been raving about Robert Sala. Everybody loves him, universally loves him. I also love that he's bringing LaFleur's brother to run yep. that offense that all quarterbacks seem to want to run. So whether the Jets wind up getting to Sean Watson or not, or whether it's Darnold, who maybe can be sort of rejuvenated and rehabilitated in a new fresh start, or if they draft somebody at number two, any of which seem reasonable to me. Um, I think the offensive coach might be incredibly important as well. So, yes, I've had more people tell me how great Sala is going to be than I can count. And I guess all I can say is I'm encouraged. My Jets theory right now is that winning those few games during the regular season was fantastic for them because they now control the entire draft. If they want to keep Darnold, they can take the best non-quarterback of the whole draft at number two. They can take a quarterback. If they want to draft a quarterback, they can take him at number two. Or they can trade that pick for a ton more other picks that they can get to fill the other holes on their team. I know that they're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, but isn't there an argument that maybe number two is the best spot to be in? Well, that, that, there's only that argument if you don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to be the next, you know, insert name here. I mean, the Mel's and the McShays of the world are telling me that he's the best prospect since Andrew Locke and John Elway and, you know, all these other Peyton Manning, whoever else you want to put in that discussion. If he turns out to be an all-time great quarterback, if he, if he doesn't have to be an all-time great quarterback, that's setting the bar too high. If he turns out to be a genuinely great quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years, then no, then having the first pick would have definitively been the best thing. But having said that, I do agree with you that there is an, an, a, um, a level of leverage that they have now that is nice. Now, you could have had that with number one even more. Let's put it this way. If you had the asset that is the number one pick this year and you decided you didn't want to draft Trevor Lawrence, then um, I think you could have gotten a Watson-esque return for trading that number one pick. I think that with the number two pick, the Jets can do very well trading out of that spot if they want to, which is what I hope they do. Um, but it won't be anything like that. So essentially, no. I think there are no ways in which having the second pick is better than the first pick, but it is still a good thing. I, I will meet you at least that far. So you started out kind of agreeing with me and then you have totally changed your mind. You know what? I started out wanting to agree with you because it's your <laughs> show. And I, I did, and then as I went along, I kept thinking to myself, this is the most ridiculous position I've ever heard anyone take in my entire life. It's sort of like saying, you know, losing in its own way was kind of better than winning. Like you could have won the Super Bowl, but in some <laughs> ways, let me explain to you why losing the Super Bowl was actually better because now your expectations aren't quite as high going into next what? year. That, that strikes me. As a similar, it's not apples to apples, but it's not that <laughs> no, far away. It's not apples to apples in any fashion, but let's move on. Talking about trading picks, I'm fascinated with what the Rams have done because they've decided that they are trading the uncertainty of first round draft picks for proven veteran players. And I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I kind of like the strategy, especially when you're in sort of a win now mode like the Rams are. I kind of do too. The only obvious and significant downside of it is that like 12 years ago, I would have been a hundred percent on this side. The thing is that rookies are young players are now so inexpensive mm -hmm. that in a hard cap sport, it's just hard to do. Like you just, 
Yes, I'd rather have Jalen Ramsey than any two players you might draft. Yes, I'd rather have Aaron Donald, even though he's not what this means. But you know what I'm saying. Yes, I'd rather have Matthew Stafford than anyone you would have taken with those picks. But at some point, your money runs out. So (laughs) those picks would have been inexpensive ways of adding, ideally, other really good players. So what they have is a very narrow window here, right? They're going to start having to bust this thing up almost as quickly as they put it together. So, yes, I am firmly of the opinion, as one who roots for a team that hasn't won a championship in 52 years, <laughs> uh, that that any one title is worth whatever misery you have to go through. If you have to go through two or three terrible seasons on the other side of it, I'm more than willing to do that. But that is what you're setting yourself up for. And if they don't win the championship, then it was a disaster. You're in a situation now where if you don't win at all, means you're you don't win now and you're going to stink soon. <laughs> so that's the risk you're running. I'm kind of with you. I think I would roll the dice on that. And I think they have a very good chance to win because I'm a Matthew Stafford fan and that defense is great. Um, but if it doesn't work, everybody gets fired and you're going to be terrible for for a significant period of time. Right. But if you're Sean McVay and Les need, great. Okay. I got fired. Well, it's not my problem anymore that we don't have a first round pick for the next five right, years. Right. I mean, getting fired in and of itself is a bad thing. Now, Sean McVay, I think would get another job real fast. Yes. I mean, everyone who has Sean McVay in his contacts is now a head coach <laughs> in the national football league. So I, I think that guy will get another job and, 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 and I have no quarrel with it. I like joking around about it, but he's obviously a great coach. Um, so having said that, I'm not even sure he'll get fired. Um, the one thing I will say is 16 months ago, they decided to make Jared Goff the highest paid player in the history of the National Football League. So that was their decision then. 16 months later, they're paying people to take him off their hands. So that's not good. I mean, I don't know exactly who you point the finger at for that. Maybe it's a little bit the coach. It's a little bit the organization. Probably a lot bit the player himself. But all things considered, that's kind of damning. You know, they, they had to give up a lot to get golf off their hands. And that's not a good situation to be in. Yeah. Well, Mike Tannenbaum told me the same thing. He put the blame on McVay because he said Snead is sort of taking his marching orders from McVay. They have obviously had a conversation like, hey, we believe in this guy. Let's give him all this money. And then, like you said, a year and a half later, they're paying somebody to take his 40 plus million dollars that's guaranteed over the next two years. It is, it's absolutely incredible. It's too um, much money. And, and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what exactly they're thinking in Detroit. I guess they're willing to allow him to be their bridge quarterback. So Jared Goff <laughs> was the number one pick in the draft, got the, the big, what was at the time, the biggest contract in the history of the sport. And a year and a half later is a bridge quarterback on a terrible team. Life comes at you fast. Yeah, I, I hope he saved his money because that's really the only thing he's got in his favor right now. Um, let's move over to the game. I have a Chiefs, how to beat the Chiefs theory that I want to run by you. No one seems to be willing to actually implement it in a game. But the way I look at it after watching the Chiefs, I can't see it any other way. If I'm Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, if it is fourth and five or less, I go for it every time, no matter where I am on the field. Is that crazy? No, it's not crazy. I mean, I I understand what you're saying. I mean, you have to kind of see how the game is playing out. I I don't know that I would do that on the, you know. So what you're saying is you you would do it on the first possession of the game. It's fourth and four on your own on your own 29 yard line. You get the opening kickoff. 
Mm-hmm. Your first play, you run for six yards. Your second play, you throw second and third down, you throw incomplete passes. There's 14 minutes and 12 seconds left in the first <laughs> quarter of the Super Bowl, yep. and you're going for it on fourth and four from your own 31-yard line. Easily. Every time. I don't mind it, and I'll tell you why. Because I had a bunch of defensive guys on my shows today, including Booger McFarlane, and he was saying that his defensive philosophy against Kansas City is you have to just let them beat you between the 20s and then pack it in for dear life <laughs> and, and try and hold them to field goals and, and don't let them score because so many of their advantages are negated when they get into the red zone. Now, they're so freaking creative stats down there, like all of this motion and these underhand tosses to Kelsey that, that like they always score a touchdown. So it never seems to work. <laughs> but but I understood the point he was making as well, which is if Tyree Kill is throwing up those deuces, you know, you're dead. You just have no chance. Yep. So what you got to do is play everybody deep. Don't let them beat you deep. Give up some, don't give up chunk plays, give up, you know, make them be patient. And then, you know, hope that every now and again, you get a stop every now and again, he makes one or two big mistakes and then you hold him to a couple of field goals. And, and that's how you try and beat him 37, 34. So I think that going for it on fourth down, at least a disproportionate amount of the time does go hand in hand with that. So Generally, yes, I think I agree with that um, on principle. I, I do think, in fact, I think you may have still been with us when I started saying this. Before the word analytics was a word that we used, I remember saying and having these conversations with Eric Mangini, I think it was, and a few other people when he was working at ESPN, that there's going to come a time where some coach out there is going to try going for it on fourth down at all times and going for two at all times, because philosophically, it's sort of like shooting threes in the NBA. Like I was looking at a box score from the NBA the other day, not to mix our metaphors, but I think it is the right analogy. And a team had shot 31% from three-point range. And I thought to myself, that's a winning formula. Like if you shoot 30% from three, you know, that's whatever the math on it is. That's like shooting 46% or whatever it is from two. And that that it makes sense. It just stands to reason. So if you convert 51% of your two-point conversions and you convert some percentage of your fourth downs, it all starts to tilt in your favor. The problem is those things only play out over a large sample size. So right. you have to be willing to live with the two games a year you're going to lose by doing it and count on the fact that in the long run, you'll win three. But no one will do that because the media goes crazy and the fans and the talk shows and what the hell is this idiot doing? And the next thing you know, you can't. So someone with enough clout and job security like Bill Belichick is going to be the one to do it. He can't get fired no matter what happens. I'm going to do it. And in the long run, that I think will be the biggest change we see in football in the foreseeable future because it does make sense. And that could be the future of the sport. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think football is really lucky in that we have figured out the smartest way to play the game in football. And it just so happens that that's also the most entertaining game to watch when teams go for it on fourth down and go for two. Whereas if we're mixing metaphors in baseball, the smartest way to play the game is the least entertaining way to watch it. Cause it's either a home run, a walk or a strikeout and football right. is once again, benefiting from just the nature basketball of the sport. Stats. I agree with you. And I would say basketball, I don't know about you, but I find the three point shot, and look, I, I am always going to be my father's son. I can hear him 
in my ear yelling at me right now, Michael, this is not the objective of the game. The objective of basketball, what makes the sport beautiful to watch is five guys playing in unison and trying to pass the ball around enough to create the, the best possible shot as close to the basket as possible. That was the objective of the game, not to create the best shot as you, that you can as far away from the basket as possible. <laughs> so as spectacular as Steph Curry is, he's one of like four people that make the three-point shot incredibly exciting to watch. And the rest of it is just a never-ending array of bad shots, mostly missed uh, and very high point totals. So I think that analytics is on balance bad for basketball. It's terrible for baseball. And to your point, it's excellent for football. Well, and I thought Mina Kimes had a good point. She always says when teams go for it on fourth down or go for two and don't get it, we blame analytics. We call it analytics. But when they do get it, we say, oh, good job being aggressive. Like the, the credit and the blame is not even there. That's true. I mean, that's probably true. At the end of the day, you know, as you know, I went to Northwestern and Northwestern's coach, Pat Fitzgerald, has, which is amazing, really, <clears throat> because it was a linebacker. And I think most people think of linebackers as I'm just going to run through guys, whatever it is. He has embraced analytics on a level that very few other coaches have. And so he goes for it on fourth down all the time. Um, I mean, clearly not. I don't mean literally all the time, but far more often than most people do much closer to what we're talking about than most people do before other people were doing the going for two when you're down 14. If you're down 14, I remember we were playing Wisconsin and we were down 14 points and scored a touchdown and he went for the two and didn't get it. And the announcer, I forget who was doing the game was going crazy. What's he doing? That is so crazy <laughs> because that announcer has no idea what he's talking about. Now everyone realizes you go for the two, if you're down 14, so he's been ahead of the curve on that stuff. It's coming. Like, that stuff is coming. And um, it will be more and more a part of the game as the game continues to be more and more, um, not necessarily, not played by, obviously, but more and more controlled by, run by the people who are now running baseball, the guys with pocket protectors as opposed to um, whatever other people have. And and that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Those that, That's Theo Epstein and Brian Cashman and, Guys like that, they're, those are the people who know how to maximize your opportunity to win. The same people who complain about this are the ones who, if you're playing blackjack with them, will yell and scream about all the things you do and don't do when you're playing blackjack because ultimately you're trying to tilt the odds in your favor as best you can. Well, it's the same exact thing. But somehow a lot of people have trouble getting that through their heads. That is the perfect analogy that I never thought of for that. You're right. That's a, the blackjack people, are the same guys that complain that you got their card and they're complaining about right. this. You're going to hit on 16 against a face card and you're going to lose a bunch of the time <laughs> when you do it. And like the second time you do, it's so hard. You know, you got your chip sitting there and you're like, I'm just giving these away. But at the end <laughs> of the day, if you play a hundred hands, you will win more times by doing it that way than the other way. That's just, that's just, it's just a mathematical certainty. It's not an opinion. And, you know, football isn't exactly that because there's, these things aren't quite as finite. Like you can't say I'm going to make it 51% of the time because you're competing against an opponent. It's not a deck of cards right. where you know exactly how many there are going to be. You're competing against someone and that someone has a lot to do with how often you're going to succeed. So maybe it tilts based upon how good their defense is, how good their two-point defense is, that kind of thing. The numbers aren't exactly 
Um, they're not going to work perfectly every single time. But generally speaking, if, if this is the right conversation to be having, and it is the conversation of the future in pro football. I totally agree with you. Well, I hope we see it, and I hope we see it sooner rather than later. I could keep you literally all afternoon, but I really appreciate the time. Again, Mike Greenberg, if you need the shows, you know, I've, you've been living under a rock, but get up. Also, the new radio show, Greeny, which, by the way, I love. I, I'm fascinated to see you without a partner. I think it's a whole new experience for someone that's listened to a lot of your hours of radio, but I love it. And uh, thank you again, and I really appreciate it. Well, uh, thank you, Stats. It is nice to see you again, and I'm I'm proud of you. I'm very happy that you're doing this. I know this is what you wanted, so you know, let's stay in touch and let's let's not let it be quite this long until we talk to each other again. You got it. Thanks again. We'll be back with myself and Kate Majuk right after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back here on the football cheat sheet. Again, I'm Michael Kist. And look, February 3rd was National Girls and Women in Sports Day. It's certainly something that we here at SB Nation celebrate. And I wanted to take this time. I didn't put this on the on the show notes, Kate, but I wanted to shout out not only you, but you know, both of my fantastic co-hosts here on the football cheat sheet. Of course, you, Kate, clairvoyant Kate, as uh, <laughs> as I like to call her from DK Nation. Kate, you've been just incredible stepping into this role uh, throughout the season. Uh, you run laps around me when it comes to your fantasy <laughs> knowledge. I learn from you every time we record together, and I very much appreciate you carrying me through these shows, and hopefully you can carry me one through one more before the uh, 2020 NFL season ends. Kate, how are you today? I'm doing absolutely amazing. What an intro. Uh, <laughs> you always you always open up the show with just uh, absolute fantasticness and good vibes. So love that. I'm so excited. It is the Super Bowl, the game of the year. And goodness gracious, I don't think we could have asked for a better 
matchup. I, I, I really, truly don't. Yeah, it's exactly what we all wanted. And, and, and of course, she's not here, but I did want to shout out my second co-host who was buried in work today and couldn't join us. Uh, the awesome Gina Kelly, who is just a total powerhouse here at SB Nation, a real force behind a lot of what we do here and a key reason to why we succeed as a team. Gina and I have had the opportunity to work not just on this show together, but with other projects for SB Nation in my, in my short time as uh, executive producer here. And she's always leading the charge with great vision and passion. I know a ton is asked from her, and that's why I'm always bugging her to take her days off when she's actually supposed to be off. So I'm thankful to give her the day off, at least with the show here. But I did want to shout her out for her incredible contribution to the effort here at SB Nation. So shout out to both of you and, of course, all the other girls and women involved in our sports world here. It's great to see. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of what we wanted to talk about here today. Uh, I, I wanted to see how you were kind of betting this game, the Super Bowl, uh, Kate. But first, I wanted to throw out some information for those that may have been slightly bamboozled and led astray by some of the weather reports uh, that I've seen on the timeline that have seemed to at least changed. It was going around that there was a 75% chance of rain for the game with temperatures around 70 degrees. I can confirm it is nice and chilly here in Tampa, Florida, as I live in the area. Uh, while the temperature seems to be accurate, the chance of rain on Sunday has dropped to 50%. And most importantly, come game time later on in the afternoon, and look, I took only 15 seconds to check two sites uh, on this, which makes me an authority. <laughs> uh, but there's right around a 10% chance of rain when the game starts and it decreases as it goes. So if you're running a shootout, then you're in that, that that's good news for you. So with that in mind, Kate, you know, when you look at the spread, the over under, you know, the possible money line, how, how are you betting this thing? How are you attacking this thing? How are you feeling about the type of game that we'll get? I'm actually taking the under in this one. And I think uh, that's that seems to have been the consensus over the last few days. But I do largely think that it has been because of these crazy weather reports. We seem to fall for this every single time we get into this weather based narrative <laughs> every single time. It doesn't matter. Uh, he's uh, still Patrick Mahomes. He's still going to kick. But we got still got Tom Brady. Let's set the weather aside, regardless of whether or not. It will rain. I don't care. I'm still taking the under. These are two really underrated defenses in the NFL. I think there's so much spotlight on the offensive weapons that there's not enough love to go around for, for these defensive weapons. Um, the Bucks have Vita Vea back. I think that's going to be really huge. I think this could be more of a defensive struggle than we, we necessarily are projecting heading into this game. I, th I think that's a that's a good point because I mean I've had several guests talk about how underrated Steve Spagnuolo is as a defensive coordinator. He's had success against Tom Brady in the past, and what he's doing with the Kansas City defense just really complex and and great stuff from him. I talked with Benjamin Solak about it on Wednesday. I talked with Greg Rosenthal about it from around the NFL on Friday, uh, talking about the the defense for the Chiefs and, and what they can do. And I and I think you you bring up a good point. I think for the most part you are going to see some stagnation. You're going to see some fireworks. It's just I, I don't know if you're going to see the sustained offensive success. And I, and I think you're right about the weather, too, especially with things kind of calming down. I mean, there's the clip of Patrick Mahomes in the snow yelling, I can sling it in anything. But, you know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's he's able to like and Tom Brady being up north for how long he was like blood thinning is a myth. And and I don't think uh, he, he's going to be uh, too bothered by the chilly weather. Like I'm not even wearing a, a long sleeve today. And and it's really not going to be know much what? more than that. Kiss, I don't even think you're allowed to talk about the weather. <laughs> you Floridians, 
you can't handle uh you can't handle the wind that gust of wind but you know what my man Patrick Mahomes he doesn't care uh Tom Brady he's used to uh he's used to much colder he can yeah. he can deal um but for the fans in the audience that happen to be from the Florida area maybe not so much <laughs> the wind takes it right out of me i'm a i'm a little <laughs> I'm a little baby when it comes to that. So I'll, I'll take the shot. That's, that's totally fine. I am from up north. I am from Pennsylvania, you know, Eagles fan and all that stuff. But, uh, when I, I'm go- actually going back up to New Jersey in, in a couple of weeks and it's supposed to be like a high of 30 and I, and I'm, and I'm scared. So, but you know what? I will say, so I lived in Florida. I, I lived in Florida for a couple of years and I can attest, uh, after moving back up north, um, <laughs> it, it was painful. It was, <laughs> It was literally uh, kind of like the growing pains that you have as a child when your bones are like shooting out of <laughs> shooting out of your legs because <laughs> you're you're growing, which I didn't get that much of. I'm only five three, but um, it, it's growing pains. It it hurt, but I don't think that's going to impact this uh, this matchup. It's it's really just it's going to be a, a defensive game. Uh, it, it's going to a, a power struggle, I think. When you when you look at the uh, the spread, actually, I haven't given my prediction yet. Let, let's pick it against the spread first. So the Chiefs are favored by three points. What do you think? I'm taking the Bucks plus three, which kind of goes with my my money line pick. I'm rolling with the Bucks uh, on both ends. I oh. actually think, God, you know what? Tom Brady loves being an underdog. Uh, Bruce Arians has uh, assembled a voluptuous coaching staff. Uh <laughs> I love their defensive weapons. I, I love everything the Bucks have achieved. Uh, we have Antonio Brown, who's now been a full participant in practice. Mm. I think uh, the fact that this is so uh, heavily leaning and, you know, like the, the point spread, I feel like uh, the money line is a little deceiving because I do feel like uh, this is everybody feels like the Chiefs have it in the bag. I think we're we're underestimating these bucks a little bit what they can accomplish. But honestly, I think Via Vita Vea is going to be yeah. uh, the the missing component that they didn't have in Week Twelve that's going to help them beat this game out. They're going to hopefully get some some pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Um, I the, the I was listening to the podcast from yesterday, right? And you guys were talking about like, oh, we could go zone, we could th- we could go man. Yeah, it doesn't matter because they're they're gonna the Chiefs are gonna figure it out regardless. But uh, just having those playmakers on the field is so huge, and and we have Bruce Arians, who's a smart coach and uh, can make uh, in-game adjustments. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Bucks. Don't hate me. <laughs> is is this? And I'm going to challenge you on this. Is this something that you like eventually came to the conclusion on? Like when you saw that it was Chiefs Bucks at first two weeks ago, were you like, oh Chiefs slam dunk? And then like <laughs> as things kind of went on, you kind of convinced yourself. Is that what happened there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. That's fine. And you know what? It, Cause everybody's first, first gut check is, uh, it's, it's always going to be the chiefs. Right. Um, I mean, they, they have been so, so unstoppable, but you know what, for as many games as we've seen the chiefs really blow things out of the water this season, which I don't, this is not the same chiefs from last season. You know, we haven't seen them quite as explosive, quite as dominant, uh, defense has picked up, but I, I think on the offense, it largely, Though he's still been Patrick Mahomes, we haven't seen him play 100% lights out. But Tom Brady, he's had just as many peaks and valleys here this season. But 
the dude's clutch. He gets it done. Um, I, I don't think we can expect, uh, I'm not expecting at least three interceptions in this outing. Um, but they've got a, enough weapons to play with. They can, they can run the ball. They can, uh, they've got just as many options as the Chiefs. Um, yeah. so I, I think we're just overlooking their, their abilities and, and the playmakers that they have. So I'm going to go on the total opposite side of Kate. We're going to have to figure out a nice bet here because I'm <laughs> going to t- I'm going to take the Chiefs and 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 even though they're giving up uh, uh, three points, I say they they win by more than that. I'm going to take the over on the over under at 56. I think it's only going to be slightly over. Like I said, I do think these defenses are underrated. So I get your point there, and I'm going to take the money line uh, on the Chiefs as well. Let, let I, I wonder if w- with that, obviously the Super Bowl MVP probably goes to Patrick Mahomes at minus 106. If you're saying the Bucks are going to win, are you taking Tom Brady at plus 190 or is there someone else on the Bucks you think that can that can override that? That's a, that's a big hill to climb. If you're another player on the Bucks trying to win a Super Bowl MVP over Tom Brady. I I think you have to go with Tom Brady here. As many players as they have that I think can make uh, a a huge monstrous difference, it's got to be Tom Brady. The only person that I could really uh, potentially see taking the MVP, you know, of course, if the Chiefs win is is Tyree Kill. Mm. Um, if he posts another performance like he does in week 12, you got to at least throw him into the conversation. Right. So I, I think he might be uh, one of one of those under the radar picks. But I would say next to Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, I think Tyree Kill is probably the only one that I'm going to I'm going to consider uh, maybe placing one of those prop bets on outside of the quarterback position. Speaking of prop bets, here, here's one for you. I always love these these ancillary prop bets that are out there. Will any scoring drive take less time than it takes Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church to sing the national anthem? Yes, is that minus 260? No, is that <laughs> plus 175? Now, there's another bet out there. I said that the over-under on the national anthem is two minutes. So that kind of gives you a nice baseline of, of what we're dealing with here you taking the 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 under on uh, on that? Well, not the under. Are you are you thinking that the uh, touchdown scoring drive will be quicker than the national anthem? Yes, yeah. I, absolutely. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is this like if there are any two offenses that you're going to bet can can execute uh, a, a touchdown scoring drive in less than two minutes. It's I'm going to pick both of these teams. <laughs> like I said, it, you know, for as many defensive assets, I do think this is going to be mostly defensive game, but. I think you said it before, the the elements of just pop explosion. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to lead to these scores. And Patrick Mahomes needs just about uh, – he could throw half of a pass, and mm. it's it's going to go to the house for, for a touchdown. I think uh, that's how, you know, this game is going to play out in my brain. Um, you know, maybe, you know, punt the ball a couple of times. But largely, I think, uh, you know, in between these defensive struggles, we're going to just see big plays and we're going to see them quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. So our main disagreement is on the the major the major things. What about this? I'll, I'll venue money for a vending item machine of your choice if you if, <laughs> if it's if it's the if it's the bucks and then vice versa for the Chiefs. How does that? Or, or, that sounds like a very yeah. fair bet. OK, excellent. So. Hopefully your vending machines aren't too expensive in your area. I don't know what it looks like there, but let, let's. I wanted to ask you what is like for someone that plays fantasy all year long and all that stuff, and obviously uh, gambles uh, as well. What what else are you you gambling on? Anything else? Are you doing live betting with people during the game? Because I've been to some Super Bowl parties where 
people are throwing like a hundred bucks down on the next play, like whether it's a run or a pass. Do you do you go that crazy, or what do you do for the Super Bowl that might be a little bit different, if anything? I actually, I'm not, I'm not one of those people, um, especially with some of these teams like the Bucks and the Chiefs that are so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, you're looking at just two really smart coaches who know how to make adjustments in game. I, I. I'm never going to place money on uh, understanding the very next move for either of these coaches. I, okay. I can't do it. I, you know what? I love the prop bets though. There's so many fun prop bets over at DraftKings right now. Yeah. Just literally, if you can, if you can think of it, you can bet on it right now. Um, a, a couple of prop bets that yeah. I like, uh, lead change in the, the first quarter. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I can picture some, some points being scored there right out of the gate before they make some defensive adjustments. Uh, but yes, on a lead change is plus 265. I really mm-hmm. like those odds. Um, also, Gatorade color. Are we betting yeah. Gatorade color? Yeah, can we do that? That was actually one I wanted to do. So what are, what are the options there? Uh, let me see. So I think we got orange. Yeah. Uh, which I feel like orange is sort of the – it's the classic, right? Right. But I think the analytics on on that. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Per uh, per source, uh, Gatorade is is a huge. uh, I I think the one thing that I'm I'm most interested in is probably uh, clear. I I think looking back at the history of of Gatorade colors, I'm I'm all about the clear. It's been it's popped up a lot in Super Bowl history, which I, I feel like that's sort of the boring, boring option here. Nobody wants clear. I, I I don't even know what flavor clear is, but uh, it's been played enough in the Super Bowl that I think it might be an underrated special. Does clear? I forget what clear Gatorade looks like. Does it look like water? Like, is there going to be a big controversy about payouts because you're going to say, "Oh no, it's actually water"? When it looked at, the, or is there? Is can you tell it's not like it's kind of cloudy? I, I forget. I think it's a little cloudy. Okay, um, okay. I'm pretty sure it's a little cloudy, but you know what? I I'm. I'm gonna take the clear. At, it's plus three fifty. Um, you know, I, but orange really is the aggressive easiest there. pick. Really aggressive there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if if this actually happens, I am clairvoyant, clairvoyant Kate. Um, you know, I I I hate to pick uh, the clear though, just because you don't. I really don't know what flavor it is. I need to know <laughs> like what taste. It's kind of like how they say like blue isn't a flavor or red isn't a flavor. You but know, I know what it tastes like. Yeah, but we know what it tastes like. But yeah. clear, I I don't know. I, <laughs> I I'm still rolling with it. I like those odds. Plus three fifty smash. So will a fan run onto the field during the game? Yes, is at plus six hundred. Look, I'm in the Tampa Bay area, and my my wife's hospital. You know, as long as the people have the proper vaccinations, people can go to the games and and get tickets. And and some of the people from my wife's hospital actually got tickets to the game because they were properly vaccinated and all that stuff. Maybe. You know, I stumble myself into a Super Bowl ticket. Maybe I place a large bet on a fan running onto the field. And maybe maybe, maybe, maybe these things, hypothetically speaking, whatnot. So that's a that's a good one. Just to, to say maybe some insider trading there uh, for, the, for the fans <laughs> at home. Uh, Kate, any anything else in the Super Bowl that you're betting on? Or, or is that that pretty much the slate that you're looking at? Because you seem pretty, pretty confident in the Bucks, pretty confident. In the in the in the clear, is there anything else? Uh, another another uh, group of bets that I'm liking over at DraftKings right now is just the the opportunity to bet on uh, on passer rating. 
Mm. Um, I, I feel like we've seen uh, both of these quarterbacks uh, enough enough of a sample size where um, you know we can uh, we can have some idea. I think Patrick Mahomes is probably my favorite bet here. Um, his odds, I believe, are sitting at right at uh, passer rating of one hundred and three. Uh, I'm going to take the over. I, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't think he's going to do necessarily a, a ton of maybe dink and dunk plays. I, I I don't know. I I think we just have to expect that Patrick Mahomes is going to uh, continue to be you know a force down the field. It, the Bucks' strength, I think, is going to be up front on their defensive line. I just think Patrick Mahomes is too good. I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not betting on the secondary to make uh, quite as quite as many plays, but I, I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes there. I like that. So there's some some prop bet advice, spread, money lines, all crazy side bets, all that type of stuff. <laughs> some advice for you from the uh, football cheat sheet, uh, Kate. Last thing. Normally, you know, people throw Super Bowl parties and they do all these things, but it's 2021 and we've seen the impact that it's had on the Super Bowl with things like Radio Row, which is why we're doing Digital Row and things of that nature. I'm going to be sitting at home on my couch watching my son play with his Paw Patrol toys and, and, and watching the game. Are you doing anything special for the big game? I am not, but I will tell you, despite the fact that we do not get a Super Bowl party, I do want to encourage everybody Still make a day of this. Don't yeah. don't don't roll over. Don't let 2021 win. Uh, get your your full food spread. You know what? If you don't want to make your full recipes, uh, cut the recipes in half or quarter them. You still enjoy this day as though you're going to have a full blown party. Um, you know, get on on Zoom with your friends. It is not the ideal way to do this, but you know what? Um, this is a really special experience. I think we all. Uh, spend the entire uh, year looking forward to the Super Bowl. Don't let 2021 take this away from you. I want I want to see everybody out there throwing themselves the best Super Bowl party they can. That's a great message for the game and a great message for life in the year of 2021. Kate, thank you so much for joining me here today. And we thank you, gentle listener, for joining us through the 2020 NFL season, our first season here at the SB Nation NFL show. Later today, you're going to get the roundtable, final roundtable for Super Bowl coverage here on the SB Nation NFL show. That's going to be with Rob Stats Guerrera, Pete Sweeney, and Brandon Lee Gowton. Going to be a fun time. Also, there's going to be an interview from Emmett Smith, I think is the one that we're going to throw in there. We've got so many interviews as with why we have to spill some of them over into Saturday for our digital row wrap-up special. We're going to have like guys like Kirk Cousins and Carson Palmer and Joe Theismann and all. Derrick Henry. It's 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 incredible. You're going to want to check it out. Uh, but that's going to do it for us here today on the Football Cheat Sheet. Go dominate and have yourselves a day.